Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. We'll continue in our series on faith, God's open door. My, one of my favorite, uh, I love the, the, the uh, instruction and truth concerning Noah. I'm actually teaching in uh, Breakforth Bible Institute right now. And I'm teaching a class of, called Principles of Living by Faith. And what I basically do is go through Hebrews chapter 11 uh, and talk about different ones as much as I can with the time constraints. Uh, different ones that have, um, you know, the heroes of faith that are found there. And we go into detail of those stories. You know, um, every one of those, uh, uh, and I, I don't even want to use the word stories, but those truths that are found in Hebrews chapter 11... Their, their detailed accounts are in the Old Testament. So if you ever want to do an interesting study, you can read Hebrews chapter 11, find you know Abraham, go back into your Old Testament and read how Abraham and Sarah did it, and, uh, or Noah or whoever. And I love the story of Noah. Um, the story of and the account of Noah and his faith is phenomenal because it took so long for him to be able to walk out what God wanted him to do. And one of, the, one of the hallmark things concerning faith is endurance. You know, a lot of times people think, well, I don't, I don't, why would I give to the Lord? Well, you give to the Lord because what it does is it actually opens the door for him to be able to get involved in your financial business. Amen. And that's what Mike was sharing. I mean, I don't need to re-preach what he was sharing by any means. Uh, but you got to realize that that's the case. When you, when you begin to obey God, what you do is, it is obedience is an act of faith. Faith and obedience are synonymous. And when you obey him and do what he says, there is a release of grace into your life where prior to that, you were just struggling, struggling along and bumping along with your own opinions and ideas. How did your own opinions and ideas turn out for you? Ooh. Oofta, if you're Norwegian. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm speaking, it's another tongue, but it's just not a heavenly one. Anyway, anyway, uh, you understand what I'm saying? You, got, you and I got ourselves into, into trouble when we thought we had more wisdom than God. Amen? And so that's not a condemnation thing. What is that? That's a conviction thing. Where you start, you're adjusting your life to God's life. You say, Lord, I'm going to do it your way. You say this, I'm going to do that. You say that, I'm going to do that. You say, this is how I handle my finances, I'm going to do it that way. You say, I'm gonna, this is how I handle relationships, I'm going to do it that way. And that is faith. That is faith. And uh, there are enough promises here to keep you busy the rest of your natural life. All right? Um, if, you, if you're struggling, like, I just feel like my life is stagnant. Just walk in love in 1 Corinthians 13 for one entire day and see how bored you are in your faith. Treat every person that you, every encounter you have the way that 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 says. Have a spouse get after you and treat you wrong, but you go ahead and love them anyway and your faith will grow. Amen. Amen. That's good word. See, we, a lot of times we don't realize what we're missing when we disobey. 
or when we don't walk in the spirit, when we sin, or I like to say, miss the mark. In other words, what is sin? Sin is acting any other way than Christ would. What is sin? Sin is responding or reacting to anything outside of the way Christ would do it. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean we, we no longer have relationship with the Lord? No, that's not the case. It means what do we need to do? We need to go, okay, Lord, that was wrong. All right, I'm going to make an adjustment. And then you get into obedience. When you do, there's the release of grace. Don't overcomplicate faith. You say, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is simply this. Faith is you doing what God would do in that situation. Don't overcomplicate it. People go, well, I don't know that I felt the change. No, that's a feeling. You're a faithing. You're not a feeling. As a believer, you're not functioning under your feeling. You're functioning under your faith. Well, you're saying if I just do what God said to do, that that releases God into action in my life? That's exactly what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that he said that. Amen. Well, you know, I mean, that, that's good for you, preacher. You probably have some special relationship with the Lord. Yeah, it's as special as yours. Jesus gave me a way in. And I responded, and you have the same. Amen. You're a triumphant one. Now, some of you need to alert your face of it. <laughs> okay. You're tri you, you are triumphant no matter what you're going through right now. Amen? You have the victory already in Christ. All you have to do is operate with him, and he'll work out the details. He'll work out the details, but then, yep, yeah, yep, stop that. That's just carnality. Don't worry about any of that. Go ahead and praise God. Keep obeying his word. Stand strong and give him glory, and your faith will manifest his promise. Amen? Now, now say this with me because I, I, need to, I need to help you with this. Say this with me. My faith, my faith always, works always works on my behalf. My faith always works. My faith always works. Now, how it works out can vary. You know, uh, some people, uh, just to go back to the offering side, um, and you're in Romans chapter 4. We're going to get there. I'm just warming you up a little bit. You know, it was a cold morning. You got to warm your car up. You got to warm people up. <laughs> Actually, what I'm doing is, is continuing to help you stay out of your carnal mind, just your natural thinking, and get you in your spiritual mind. Now, some of you do it automatically, but there's a lot of people here that are new to this, and that's okay. It just takes time. We have to be patient, amen? Which helps the older ones develop even stronger. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. No, because we've got the victory and we're winning. I know the devil's putting all kind of show on. You know, the, the devil is like that, uh, that person that's overconfident pre-fight, but then they get worked in the ring during the fight. That's exactly how the devil is. He wants you to not show up for the fight. So he boasts and is proud and he's lofty in the way he does things and, and talks about uh, his own ability and all of that. But in the midst of that, if we remain in humility and talk about Christ's victory, we'll get in the ring and he'll shrivel up and fall apart in the first round. Yes. Amen. Because Christ has already won the war. Amen. We're just winning battles along the way. So the reality is, is that you have faith in you, and that, and that faith is functional at all times if you allow it to be functional. 
You, I always have a, a, a measure of the love of God, Christ's love shed abroad in my heart. Whether I act a fool or not. Amen? I always have it. Why? Well, because Jesus doesn't, he doesn't go back on his word. If I'm unfaithful, he's, he's faithful, right? So when I was born again, that spirit of the resurrection, where? It came, where? Inside of me. How many know Jesus is not looking to remove his investment? He's looking to increase it. Now, you are not a bad investment. Well, you don't know what I've done. Well, get it straightened out there, Sparky. If you know what you did wrong, get it straightened out with the Lord and stop it. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. You know, sometimes people think, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't know how to stop it. You have the greater one on the inside of you. Keep meditating on him, meditating on those things. Kick the other thoughts out of your mind. Listen, if you need to take a season where you don't feed on anything other than the word of God, then do it. Some people are feeding problems in their lives because they're pumping unbelief into themselves for hours on end, binge watching Netflix shows. Like, if, if, if that's a problem for you, if you've come out of any sort of anything, which every person has to a degree, but it just depends on backgrounds. You can't just put everybody, nobody's cookie cutter. I'll put it like that. Nobody's life is exactly the same. People have been raised in different environments. If you were raised in an environment where drugs and alcohol were abused, then don't watch shows about drugs and alcohol. Don't feed yourself. I had a, uh, my youth pastor, uh, when I first got, when I gave my life to the Lord, uh, um, was Pastor Dwight Kilborn. He's a missionary uh, overseas now. But uh, he, was a, he was a severe alcoholic. And um, it, he could not go to the alcohol aisle in, in grocery stores. It took him two years to beat that. So he knew... I'm too weak in this area. So what did he do? He set up a boundary, which everybody can do. He set up that boundary. And so for two years, he, he just stayed. He just knew, I can't go that direction. Okay? I, I, can't, I can't allow myself to be in that sort of thought, that sort of atmosphere, any of that. So he did that. What did it do? That boundary, by the leading of the Spirit of God within him, helped him overcome what? That addiction to alcoholism and to alcohol. That alcoholic tendency that was in his bloodline, in his family. So here's the thing. Did he have this lightning rod strike him and it all went away? Well, he was saved, he got born again, and out of understanding who he was in Christ, what did he do? He began to exercise this fruit inside of him called self-control. And out of that, which is an act of faith, he decided, I, I can't go down this aisle. Now, your flesh is amazing, amazingly stupid. Unfortunately, we all have the same flesh, okay? <clears throat> it has the same tendencies. And the enemy will work to tempt your flesh. How many get under pressure and whatever it is that you used to deal with or the Lord delivered you from, the thought comes to you, you should do this. 
that thought was not from the Lord. It's from the enemy or the nature of your flesh, and you need to go, in the name of Jesus, no, I don't do that anymore. I'm now part of the kingdom of God. And I, have the, I don't need that external thing to be able to calm my system down. I have a built-in peace. And the peace that I have is stronger than anything in the natural that could medicate peace to me. It has a greater level of influence because it's the same anointing that raised Christ out of hell. Now watch, that's not in the preacher. It is in the preacher, but that's not my point. My point is it's in you. You have the ability of the resurrection within you to overcome anything that the enemy and the flesh throws at you. Anything. With God, how many things are possible? Oh, all of them. All of them. There are no impossibilities with God. There are none. And sometimes uh, because we don't function in faith like we should, and this is not a condemnation thing, this is just an instruction thing. The reality is that we actually allow actually old, old ways, dead ways to live and function in our thinking when they should be eradicated from our thinking. We allow, we allow old mindsets. See, I'm not an addict anymore. It was eradicated when I was born again. Now it's taken me some time to get that there. Does that make sense? But what's taking place as I'm feeding on the word of God, as I'm hearing the word of God, as the word of God is transforming the way I think, there's a shift on the inside. My spirit man is here full of the life and the nature of God, right? So your spirit man is what? Wall-to-wall resurrection power. Because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? So then as I'm reading the word and understanding the word and agreeing with the word in my faith, obeying that word, meditating on that word, out of my mouth, speaking my salvation, and I'm feeding the word, I'm reading in the word where it says the fruit of my spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, gentleness, right? All of those things. As I'm reading that, my spirit man on the inside is going, yep, that's who you are, that's who you are. And your mind is going, well, that could be. And then the enemy will come with thoughts. You'll have feelings in the flesh. You'll have situations around you and it feels like there's no peace there. But if you live from here out instead of from out in you will function in faith your victory is as close as your mouth the word of faith doesn't say god come down the word of faith and the word of god says what the word of god is nigh you even in your heart i'm quoting romans the, word, the victory is in you. The thing about this kind of victory is it's not as impressive as manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Demonstrations of the Holy Spirit. A lot of times, oh, glory to God, I'm going to say this. Oh, I already know, and it's good. 
This is the advantage of being the, the pipeline for the, for, the, for the Spirit of God and what he wants to say. A lot of times, believers want to substitute the gifts of the Spirit for spiritual growth. Danger, Will Robinson. We want to, we want to decide how the breakthrough comes. Now, this is the thing. We know the gifts of the Spirit are right. They're given by the Lord. But what has the Holy Spirit said to us, especially in our sanctification series? Spiritual maturity requires personal responsibility. There is going to be some point, and there should be some point, in every parent's life here with their kids that they no longer do certain things for their kids. I teach my kids, now my kids are getting older, you know, so uh, I have to do less of this, thankfully. <laughs> it's, it's working, the word is working. It's a miracle, no, anyway. I have to do less of this. It's almost like your parent, when you're parenting and they're younger, you got all this stuff you got to constantly be aware of. And then the older that they get and you get, and they get more independent, right? It's like, what am I going to do now? I was busy making sure they didn't get into that drawer and had to change their diaper. You know what I mean? It's like you almost get bored. <laughs> that's, why, that's why you got to make sure, if, you know, in your marriage, you, you have other things besides raising kids as the goal. Okay, so anyway, beside that, we'll set that aside for a minute. But eventually, at some point, my kids, I should not have to tell them to brush their teeth. Hello. Come on. There are things that spiritually, as we mature, eventually, the Lord shouldn't have to say, how come you haven't read your Bible for a few weeks? Well, I just don't feel like I'm, you know, as close to the Lord. Why? Why, why, why? Come on, when, when, G, when Peter was walking on the water, Jesus, you know, obviously rescues him, all of that. We're so thankful for that part of the Lord that he's merciful and gracious. He understands where we're at. But that does not remove his, uh, he doesn't change his standard because he understands where we're at. It's still the measure of the stature of Christ. Because, and the reason why he can still uh, place that standard and hold it is because we've been empowered to live there by him. So it's a justifiable standard, right? It's a justifiable expectation. But what did, what did the Lord say to Peter? Peter, why did you doubt? Have you ever just sat and thought about that? Why did Peter doubt? Why did Peter start out strong and end weak? Well, it's God's mysterious will. We got to stop with that religious garbage because it's trash. And it's the spirit of religion. 
if you were strong in an area and now you find yourself weak in an area, why? So why did Peter doubt? He took his what? Off of. It's that simple. Well, I just, you know, if you could just, you know, lay hands on me and make the devil leave me alone. Again, if I could do that, I'd do it for me before you. (laughs) But you know what I found out about the devil? (laughs) One of his unfortunate strong characteristics is he is persistent. So that's why we have to be what? Sober in our faith, correct? All right, Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Two weeks ago, we left off talking about the faith of Abraham. How many enjoyed Pastor Tim Davidson? It was really good. Remember, those messages are available online. You can watch them over and over and over and over again uh, to help you. I heard a lot of good testimonies from his message. Really enjoyed it. But we left off in Romans 14 talking about Abraham's faith, and I want to go back there again. Um, But I want to start out uh, reading in verse number 13 just to give it a little more context. So specifically here... When we're talking about Abraham's faith, Romans chapter 4, verse number 13, I think down through 21 or 23, somewhere in there. This is a a general overview of things. If you go back and you read the account in Genesis, you'll see this is talking about the strong faith of Abraham and Sarah here in Romans, but you'll see where they doubted God first. How many know the story of Abraham and Sarah? And I mean, initially, to help the promise of God come to pass, Sarah decided that uh, she wasn't going to be the one who birthed the promise. She decided she would give her servant girl to, to Abraham. And how many know that caused a problem? Do you know many times believers hear the voice of the Lord but walk out the plan according to their own mind instead of the plan of God? Now, here's the thing. It doesn't mean it's over. And we see that from Abraham and Sarah, right? Because they get it right later. But how many know you're going to have an Isaac and an Ishmael working uh, next to each other if you do it your way? Do you think we still have a problem with Isaac and Ishmael? Come on, if you know the history, Isaac is Israel, right? It's the Jews. What is Ishmael? It's the Muslims. Is there any problems between the Muslims and the Jews at all? And no amount of human covenants and peace pacts and all of that are going to fix it. It's just going to go on, just so you know. Now, hopefully, it's less than more, but, you know, till Christ comes, it is what it is. All right? So, we see this here in Romans chapter 4, starting in verse number 3. And we're talking about, and we'll start commenting in verse 16, or verse, uh, sorry, yeah, 16. But let's read verse 13. So, we're specifically, we're talking about this faith of Abraham and the promise of Isaac coming to pass. It says this, for the promise that he would be the heir, the heir of the world, was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Oh, glory to God. Thank God it wasn't through the law. Amen. Verse 14 says, For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of no effect. So what does that tell you? You cannot earn things with God. You have to believe. You have to faith it. You can't earn it. Okay? You have to faith it. You can't earn it. And we're going to look at some aspects of faith here. Verse 15, because the law brings about what? 
wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. How many realize that? Because you say, why? Because there's no standard. There's nothing to set, thou shalt not. So how would you know if you didn't know this or that in, a, in an unredeemed state, how would you know what was right or wrong? You wouldn't. There wouldn't be any. That's why there's some people that hate God so much they want to get rid of the law, the Ten Commandments. Why? They don't want anything to tell them they're wrong. What is that? That's a manifestation of pride because they know in their own heart that they're wrong. Amen. Amen. Verse 16, therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. So we're living under a covenant right now, and we're in a covenant right now that functions through grace and through faith, or through faith and grace, okay? You could say it really either way, because these are inseparable twins. They have to work together. So he says there, therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, which was around before the law. Do you know who the first circumcised Jew was? Abraham was the first one. Now listen, Abraham was not a physical Jew. Did you know that? He was a Gentile. He was from Ur of the Chaldees. He was not a Jew. He started the physical, come on, the physical uh, lineage of the Jews once he got into what? Covenant with God. If you can understand that, it will help you in every other area of understanding Christianity. He started there, which means what? Paul's statement, a Jew is not one outwardly, but circumcision is not of the flesh, but of the heart. So it doesn't matter the nature of your flesh. It matters the nature of your... And guess what's going to take place in the long run uh, concerning the nature of your flesh? It will be what? It will be resurrected and you will be, you will see the full manifestation of being born again. And whose flesh will you be, who, what will your flesh be just like? Just like who? Jesus, who's a what? He's a Jew. In other words, the resurrection that is within you now will come all the way out into your... And you think you look good now. Wait till you glow in the dark. <laughs> Externally. The seed that is within you will produce a full harvest. What is the last enemy to be put underfoot? Physical death. Death. See, we're headed for a resurrection. It's going to be awesome. All right, so that was all side notes. But it was fun nonetheless. So this is a covenant of faith. Uh, the Amplified says it, there, it says it this way. Therefore, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith. I love that. 
in order that it might be given as an act of grace, unmerited favor, to make it stable and valid and guaranteed to all descendants, not only to the devotees and adherents of the law, in other words, they can get in by faith, not by the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, who is thus the father of us all. So in other words, whether you're Gentile or Jew, whether you're raised under the law or raised under nothing, heathen, as my father-in-law likes to say, I was raised heathen. Um, well, either way, you have access by grace through what? Faith, right? Okay. So how this, we, we see this concerning faith in verse 16. This promise is inherited or received. It is the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith. All right, verse number 17. Romans chapter 4, verse number 17. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. Did my mic just cut out right there? In the presence of him whom he believed, even God. My, my light is green, Josh, so I don't know what happened. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Let's read it in the Amplified. Romans 4.17 in the Amplified. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He has appointed our father in the sight of... He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. Who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. So what do we see? You could write this down in your notes. What do we see? Let's just take the first part of this verse that states this, I have made you the father of many nations. This is how heart faith operates. This is how heart faith operates operates. He says this, the Lord said, I have made you the father of many many nations. So let's break this down. God said, Abraham, I have appointed you to be a father of many nations. All right. That's what the Lord is saying here in the first part of verse 17. He's saying, Abraham, this is what I say about you. Come on, see it. You need to see this for yourself. What does God say about, okay? He says, these are his words about you. So what did God tell Abraham? He said, what? I have made you the father of many nations. Watch this. God appointed this to Abraham while he and Sarah were barren in the natural. Now, if you go back and read the account in the Old Testament, and this is what I want you to see, you will see that Abraham's original name was what? Abram. And Sarah's original name was Sarai. So what did, they, what did the Lord add to the end of their name? He actually added his name. Abraham. Sarah. He added God. He, God added his fathership to them. God added his fathership to you when you were born again. What did he do? He changed their name. He changed their name from Abram and Sarai to Abraham and Sarah. Abraham now is named Father, Abram is now named father of many nations. Come on, think, 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 think. What was Abram before he was Abraham? How many nations was he the father of? 
He could not, they, they were barren. And what did God say? He said, Abraham, I have appointed you the father of many nations. He said, Sarai, I have appointed you the mother of many nations. He spoke to the barren to have nations. If I could get somebody to believe like Abraham in here. I'm a volunteer, Lord. Pick me. <laughs> Come on, how many would say, pick me. I'll do it, Lord. I'll say what you say about me. This is what faith does. Now, can you imagine what barrenness feels like? Like for those people that have never have, have had kids or, or sometimes, you know, you'll have a situation where a husband and wife want to have kids, but they haven't had kids, right? They've tried, they've tried everything natural, but it just hasn't happened. So would you run around and tell people, yeah, I'm now the father of many nations. When they've known you as childless your whole life, the world calls it crazy. We call it faith sense. Well, if you go over there and lay hands on that person, they'll be healed. What? But what does God say? Lay hands on the sick and they shall. So do you see what's happening here? God appointed this to Abraham while they were barren in the natural. So we see that biblical or heart faith begins when we accept what God has said, even though our natural circumstances say the opposite. Come on, this is easy to get. This is easy to understand. It's harder to walk out, but it's easy to understand. How hard is it to understand that uh, we receive what God says about us, even though in the natural, it looks opposite? That's easy to get, right? Okay? And we operate in a level of this in the natural at times, but we're talking about something supernatural. We're talking about, I'm going to identify myself. See, I used to identify myself separate from God, but now I identify myself what? As one with God. Why? Because of Christ Jesus, I used my faith. So what else has the Lord said about you that you're not saying about yourself? Come on, you're calling yourself barren and he's saying you're fruitful. <laughs> he said to you, father and mother of many nations and you're saying oh, i don't just don't know how this is going to come to pass or maybe you're the believer who saw the promise but you're in the in, in the, you're in the process of trying to make it come to pass on your own and you need to quit <laughs> and just rest and relax in the lord he'll take care of it amen so what do we see about biblical or heart faith? When we accept what God has said, even though our natural circumstances say the opposite, that's when we're functioning in it. We're functioning in faith at that point because we walk by faith, not by... Yeah. Notice Abraham in true Bible faith took God at his word. Abraham exalted God's word above his own circumstances. Come on, what? Abraham, what? He exalted God's word above his own circumstances. 
Now, sometimes people think, yeah, but you got to have some sort of special revelation from God. you got to have some sort of visitation. Maybe if Jesus appeared to me in the natural, then I'd have enough faith, I'd be able to do this. No, 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 no. Faith comes by and hearing by the what? The word of God. And what kind of faith comes when you hear his word? God's faith. So you have the capability to function in faith just like Jesus did. Amen. Good preaching. Go ahead. Believe I will. Thank you. I didn't write the word. He did. You have the same capability to function in faith. Why? That as Jesus did, as he demonstrated. Why? I'm not saying that you become the son of God. That's not what I'm saying. That you are the, you know, the, the firstborn from among the dead. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is just like you in the natural have taken on the natural nature of your parents, in the spirit you've taken on the nature of your father. You have the same spirit of faith in you that built an ark when it had never flooded. Come on, if I could get you happy about this. If I could get you excited about this. See, this isn't, I don't need you to, I don't need you to be excited about it for me to live it because I've, I eat here. I'm on a mission here. Come on, this isn't about me just riling you up. It's about you taking in the word of God, putting it within the good soil of your heart, beginning to water and cultivate that ground and allow that supernatural faith of God to begin to spring forth and manifest fruits of resurrection within your life. And when you do that, nothing will be impossible to you. I'm looking at mountain movers. People say, ah, well, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, you know, whatever the Lord wants, it won't work like that. This is what the Lord wants. Don't say whatever, get here and find it. And people say, the Lord's going to do with me what he wants, whether I want it to be that way or not. That's a lie from the pit of hell. He is not. When was the last time God jumped into the middle of your situation and made you stop talking foolishly? That was a good word. It made me feel good on the inside. <laughs> he just, the people will pray silly prayers. Lord, just take over my mouth. He's not going to do it. Demons take over people's mouths. God is a gentleman. He doesn't force he leads. What did Abraham do? He exalted God's word above his current circumstances. Now let's look at the second part and we're just going to stop here because we're out of time. But that's okay. I never quit. I just pick up where I left off. We just hook the train back up where we left off. The second part of this verse that I want you to see, I'm just breaking these into little quotes here in the verses as I see they need to be taught. So the first one there was uh, the part of the verse that says, I have made you the father of many nations. The second part here, and I just put them in quotes in my notes, and then I write underneath them what I feel like the Lord's telling me and what 
you know, I look up as far as Greek and different things like that. It says, who gives life to the dead? I love this. Who does what? He gives life to the dead. God spoke a word. Abraham agreed with the word. And Sarah's womb came alive. What else could come alive? Pancreases could come alive. Hearts could come alive. Come on, clear thinking, come alive. Come on, relationships, right? Your kids that have been dead and running, come alive. Glory to God, right? What could come alive? God who gives life to the dead. Bible or heart faith understands that it is the power of God that will change the circumstance through our faith. We are not the power of God. You understand that? Who's, whose power is working in us? Is it yours? Well, I, we all know what we've accomplished in our own power, right? Whose power is working in me when I cooperate with God? His power. Can God raise the dead? Yes, he can. And we possess the faith from the Lord to be able to cooperate with that immense power. Come on, believe it. I know it's hard for your head to get, but just accept it into your heart. Because I'm not reading to you something I made up. I'm reading to you the scripture, the same one that you and I trusted concerning our eternity. So is it safe? Come on, is this kind of faith in Romans chapter 4, is Romans chapter 4 safe for you and I to build our lives on? It is. Well, I just don't see how it's going to happen. I know, because you're not walking by your sight. You're not putting your faith in you individually. You're resting your faith upon God's words. And as you do that, there's an opening that takes place. God's faith is God's open door, and his power begins to operate in your and my natural. How do you think Samson whooped all them Philistines? Come on, how do you rip city gate doors off? Well, I've been in the gym a lot. <laughs> I don't even believe. Now, I, don't, I can't prove this one way or the other. I don't even believe Samson was a huge muscle guy. I don't. You know, I know in all the shows, the Christian shows that I've seen, they always show him as, you know, like this. My favorite one so far was they had a, they had a, a, a black guy with dreadlocks, and he was huge. He was my favorite out of all of them. I just thought, man, it'd be cool if it was like that. But I don't think it was that. I mean, I think he looked average. I do. Until the anointing came on him. How many of you have seen The Incredible Hulk? <laughs> they're, just, they're just copying everything God did. <laughs> well, go ahead and tie him to the city gate. What does he do? He rips it off. The city gate was huge. No man could just rip it off. What happened? God's what? Power gave life to the... Oh, divine strength, immense strength. We are not the power God is. Understanding this takes the pressure off us to make something happen. 
and puts us in a position of yielding to Christ's resurrection power. Abraham trusted in the power of God to operate in the circumstances he had no power to change on his own. Okay, I'm going to say that again. We're ending right here. Listen to me, and you take this to yourself. You, you think about this this week. You think about this as you go through your day, okay? Think about this as you go through your day. When you're facing things, and the first thing that comes to you is, man, this has been here forever in my life, or I've never been able to change this situation, or I've had this problem, and it's, I just have not ever overcome in this area. What did Abraham do? Abraham trusted in the power of God to operate in the circumstances he had no power in and of himself to change on his own. What are you and I trusting in? How are you going to change it? I love this. Um, you know, uh, Dale, uh, this is a good example of this. Dale's uh, sitting up here in the front. So if you want to get after him after the service, that's fine. <laughs> Could you raise your hand, Dale, so they know who you are? <laughs> I'm teasing, sorry. We, uh, before we did the, the men's... Uh, uh, Bible study that we're in right now, okay? Before we did it, I just, I'd go to men's breakfast and I would just get irritated. Just irritated. Not because, I mean, it was nothing that was going on. I was just like, something's not working right. How many have ever felt like that before? Something's not working right. I don't understand what it is that needs to change here, but we need to do something different to help men be mighty men of God or help them discover what they already are in Christ is because that's our whole purpose life in Christ here at the church. And I, and I'm, and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, and this went on for probably two months, two, three months. I mean, easy. We only, we only met once a month at that time. And I, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm like, Lord, what is, I'm just irritated by this. And it wasn't that we didn't have guys showing up. I mean, I know of other men's groups in town. We have triple what they have showing up. Okay. For men's, for men's. So I'm like, it's not that. I mean, the food's not that bad. <laughs> so that wasn't irritating me. It wasn't that, you know, Joy, you can come. And so I was, I just, I, I'm like, what is going on here? And then I got to, finally, I'm praying about it and I'm searching about it. And I find this Christian Men's Network uh, curriculum, which is just phenomenal for men. In fact, Heidi's been looking for something for, for women similar. There ain't nothing out there. We are searching for different things. But my point is, is this. You say, what does this got to do with Dale? Dale never said a word to me about it. You know what he did? He prayed. So if you want to irritate me, pray. No, what's my point? He didn't depend on him just coming and telling me something. And in his own power, even though maybe he was really hearing from the Lord on it, which I believe he was, he didn't depend on that to try and get me to go in a particular direction. To change a circumstance, what did he depend on? What is that? Faith. Faith, right? Faith. It's faith. So what in your world, where are the problems? What are you going to depend on? 
Are you going to try to use the natural God-given abilities of natural strength, speech, all of those things to try and coerce the direction that you want the situation to go in order to what you what you are hoping will happen will be the manifestation of God's promise in your life? Or are you going to do what Abraham and Sarah learned to do, which was yield to God and allow his power to work in every circumstance? Do you see that? Listen, you have the capability to do it. People think, well, I don't know as much as you. You never will. People think I'm being arrogant. It's not the case. If you're younger in the Lord, I'm further along. And guess what I'm not doing? I'm not stopping and going backwards, which means I'll always be what? Growing. So just like your kids can't ever get older than you. Come on. But you know what I love about the Lord? He has armor for those in pampers. You say, what do you mean? Start using your faith. Next time you have a difficult situation at work, pray about it. Say, God, I just put that into your hands. I thank you that your power's at work there. Next time you have a cold, say, Lord, I just thank you. Something comes against you physically, right? Something's going around in the air. Right in that moment, don't, don't just automatically go to what you normally do in the natural. Say, Lord, I go to 1 Peter 2.24. Father, I thank you that by your stripes I was healed. Come on, you have an insecurity. Immediately go to, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a... And then what are you doing? Don't just wait for the feeling to change. Begin to act in such a way that you are lining up with what the Lord said. And as you step out in faith, what takes place? Come on, as Abraham, we're going to get into it. But as Abraham and Sarah stepped out in faith, what took place? All of a sudden, on the inside of Sarah, who is now past the age of childbearing, which means that's a biblical way of saying she went through menopause. That's what it's saying, right? And, and it says Abraham was as good as dead. And I'm not going to say what that means, but everybody in here who's educated knows what that means. So what happened? I could make a lot of jokes right now, but I don't feel like it will help me when I go into the altar call. So I'm going to remove, I'm going to refrain. What took place? God began to move in natural flesh so that there could be a supernatural manifestation of a child. Come on, think about this. What happened with Jesus? It's prophetic. Jesus came in flesh to save us. And why? Why could that happen? How could Mary cooperate with God in that way? Because she was told about Abraham and Sarah's faith. Come on. You're in the lineage of Christ. When you read the gospels and see what Jesus did, you should say, see what my big brother did? See what he did? See how he overcame that? See how he got out of that difficult situation? See how he laid hands on that person and healed them? See how he cast that devil out? Come on, see how he walked in love? 
Look how patient and gentle he was. Look how bold and strong with the truth he was. And you should look at that and go, we come from the same father. Who he is? Come on. He's the head. We're the... Now you can never claim headship. It's his. You're not the head. You're the body. But what is the nice thing about my head being attached to my body? Benefits. Everything down here works. If you remove my head, what happens to this? Does it function well? You should have seen Sean the other day. He was preaching. He left his head at home. But he was preaching. His body was up there. You know. That was a weird thought. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? You're attached to the head. So what are you facing that's impossible? Nothing. You are not facing anything that is impossible. Because he said, all things are possible with God. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this place today and you've never received Jesus or you're watching online and you've never received Christ, we know from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 11, that God has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. So everybody knows there's an eternity. We know that uh, God loves us and does not want us to perish. John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 talks about the fact that God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes on him will not perish but have everlasting life. We know that all people have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and sin is what causes separation from God. We know this from Romans chapter 3, verse number 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We know that heaven is a free gift. You cannot earn it, and you, you and I do not deserve it, which we all know individually. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We also know this, that God wanted us in relationship with him. Romans 5 verse 8 and 9 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us. So he's not mad at us, he loves us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we know that even in our state, God loves us and has a way out. We also see this, that we receive God's forgiveness through faith by trusting in Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So I want to do this if you're here today or you're watching online and you'd like to give your life to the Lord or maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. I want to give you that opportunity. If you just slip up your hand where you're at, we'll pray with you and give you that opportunity. Just take a second here and give people an opportunity. If you just have that tug in your heart, you know, Lord, I just need to, I need to get this right with you. Okay, praise God. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.